Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. Welcome to the WRAL Daily Download. I'm your host, Allie Ingersoll. Timu is an online store that sells everything from clothing to electronics, kitchenware, and artwork. The company, though, is being accused of selling stolen designs, and the Better Business Bureau actually put out an alert about it. One woman says she's a victim of this, and when Five on Your Side started looking deeper into Timu, they found other problems and questions about how safe the products are. Today, we're talking with Five on Your Side producer, Pritchard Strongs. Thanks so much for being here today, Pritch. I really appreciate it. So let's start off with talking about Timu as a company. I feel like this store really just came out of nowhere. I started getting ads for it a few months ago. So what exactly do we know about it? Yeah, so it's a relatively new company. Less than 18 months they've been in operation in the U.S. Uh, They had a Super Bowl ad last year, um, Shop Like a Billionaire, where basically their whole pitch is, you know, you're getting products uh, and style and design items, clothing, stuff like that for for cheap. Um, it's inexpensive, uh, you know, pennies on the dollar for what you'd pay normally at a, at a, a department store or something like that. So um, that that is their their business model. Inexpensive stuff. Uh, they're huge. They I think they were the most downloaded app in the Apple App Store last year. So their growth has just it's just been exponential. It's been huge. Oh wow! I didn't realize that. That's really. A lot. And I guess that's why we're, I'm seeing it more often, right? Exactly. Yep. So why did the BBB send out an alert about this company? So they've, uh, you know, with all that growth comes some complaints. Um, they've gotten about 1,600 complaints since they opened, um, which, you know, it's a fair amount for just over a year. They have a C-plus rating with the BBB. They are not BBB accredited. Um, they do respond to a lot of comments and complaints on BBB, which which is something for the company to do. You don't always get that. Um, but r- the alerts that came out from the BBB were based on two things. Um, one is the copyright infringement issues that we've, we're talking about here. And, and essentially what that comes down to is taking somebody else's design, selling it without giving them credit. And the BBB doesn't work with those complaints. They don't address those complaints. It's other agencies that do. And apparently they were getting enough complaints about this copyright infringement that they needed to put that disclaimer out there and that alert out there to, no, you got to reach out to these correct companies uh, to, to file those complaints. The other one is uh, direct shipping from China um, and uh, basically just knowing what you're getting, that the product mm. is coming from a foreign country, it's being imported uh, and, and may not be inspected, which we'll get into a little bit more. But um, there's also been app security and, and what they're collecting through the app um, as far as your personal information that's been problematic and concerning. So talking about the copyright infringement part of that, you talked with a local woman, Liz Bradford, about this company. Can you share some of her story and how exactly did you find her? So she actually reached out to us. Um, She is a local artist and illustrator. um, And essentially what happened is she's got an Etsy store um, where she sells some of her work. And she noticed uh, that over the holiday season, Christmas, around that time, uh, her sales were down a little bit. uh, And somebody actually reached out to her through Etsy and Gave her a heads up that, you know, they had found her artwork on Timu. 
And that's when she started reaching out to Timu. She hadn't posted the artwork there. It was somebody else who had taken her design, uh, recreated it into stickers and artwork, and were selling it on Timu. And, you know, it wasn't just that they were taking the artwork. I mean, they took her listing description from her Etsy store. They took all of her photos that literally her hands were in holding the what? image. Yeah, I mean, they, they made they no effort to, to cover it. their tracks. No, <laughs> they just they took it. Uh, and, and repurposed it as their own. Now, I should note that you know these are a lot of times these are vendors that Timu is contracting with to sell a product. So you know when we're talking about who took this intellectual property and recreated it, uh, it, it appears that it was likely a vendor in this case, and not maybe not directly the corporate entity of Timu. Uh, but regardless, it was her design, her property, used without her authorization and consent, and sold online. Wow. That is, I didn't realize that it was, they didn't even try to make an effort to cover this up. None at all, no. So she said that this potentially impacted her business. Is Timu doing anything to help her out or are they tracking issues like this? Yeah, so first kind of that impact to her business issue because she sells these stickers online for $7 a piece. Um, you know, they're a little bit more expensive, but they're, they're personal. They're made by her. She does all this in her home. She's a local artist. This is part of how she makes a living, right? Timu was selling them for about two bucks, um, significantly cheaper. Uh, and, and Bradford told me that, you know, she sold about 800 of those stickers in the last year. Timu, for however long it was up, she doesn't know exactly. However long the sticker was up on Timu, about 2,000 got sold. So, you know, at two bucks a piece, that's $4,000. But, you know, she said if any of that business had gone her way at $7 a piece, I mean, that's a significant loss, even if mm-hmm. it's not a full $2,000, uh, 2,000 stickers worth of sales. So potentially a, a big impact to, to her and her livelihood. Um, Timu told us that they are taking action uh, in this area, and this is relatively new. Basically, they said that they uh, have put her image in a library um, of intellectual property that they monitor for, that they're keeping a watch out to keep it from being pirated again and sold on their site. So apparently when they get complaints from artists, clothing designers, whoever it may be, if there's a copyright infringement issue, they are now collecting information in this in this database to try and prevent it from happening over and over again. And, you know, they say that they respond quickly to these complaints about copyright infringement and theft of intellectual properties. I mean, obviously, this is a problem, right? I mean, they've got a reporting tool for it. They say that they've been building up the way that they respond to it. So, you know, this it's not just happening to this local artist in Raleigh. I spoke to another artist in Boston who this had happened to, and I mean, Time Magazine just recently came out with an article about jewelry designers this has happened to. So, you know, they are doing this to prevent more theft in the future. However, they are not going to compensate Bradford for any Mm. of her lost money or the money that they gained and profited by selling the stickers. So, you know, for all the sorries and, and action that Timu says that they're taking to prevent this in the future, they're not going back to do anything to correct what's already happened. The database is really interesting, and it's kind of reactive, but also proactive, I would say. In a way. And, you know, I mean, they they say that they care about having these artists um, properly protected so that they can continue to do their work and create and things like that. But, you know, Bradford talked about how difficult it's become to keep her property her property, right? She's finding her design on other websites. They're using it without permission. It's not just Timu. She's finding it on other other sites as well. And, you know, she says she just spends more time tracking down stolen work 
and less time creating. And that's really frustrating as an artist. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. Intellectual property theft isn't the only red flag about this company, Pritch. Their shipping practices, they're also in question. Can you discuss that and what exactly they're doing and why that's kind of putting up some red flags? Yeah, so this is um, this is called the de minimis threshold. Um, and this wasn't something that I'd heard a whole lot about uh, previously. But basically, it's designed so that if you're backpacking in Europe and you buy some stuff for your family and you want to send it back, you can send that back without having to do all the customs inspections and declaring it and stuff like that. So basically, the de minimis threshold is anything under $800 you can send to the U.S. and it doesn't have to go through all of the same customs inspections and pay duties and stuff like that that, that a bulk shipment would. Now, you know, a bulk shipment gets rigorously inspected, you know, CBP agents are taking a close look at everything that's coming through. So, you know, things that might be intellectual property or potentially dangerous, like, you know, say lithium ion batteries that don't have the proper UL ratings, those would get caught if they're being shipped in bulk because they're getting more inspections. Now you send it using this de minimis threshold, less inspections, you're not paying duties on it, and Timu leverages this by taking your order and sending it directly to you. So, you know, they're they're shipping it essentially with your name and address on it as opposed to sending a big bulk shipment in like a container to a distributing center somewhere in the U.S. where that's then taken by a local carrier. So they're kind of skipping that step and sending these smaller packages. They're, you know, avoiding duties and also some of those inspections. And that's, it's, we'll get into a little bit more, but it's, it's not illegal. We'll get into that a little bit more, but that's the, basically the way that they're operating with their shipping right now. So it's essentially direct to consumer. It, exactly. It is direct to consumer, um, you know, and they, they acknowledge that that's how they're, they're doing a lot of it and, and that they're working within the law. Um, so there are some other issues, as you kind of mentioned and touched on a little about these products that could be coming through. And if they skip inspections, that's can these products wind up in your home. So let's discuss that and some of the problems with that. Yeah. So Timu has actually been involved in two recalls recently for dangerous dangerous products. Um, one of them is those high-powered magnets, the small ones, the little bead ones. Um, they're sold in bunches. And the problem is that they're ingested. If a kid eats them, they can be very, very damaging um, internally. They can cause internal injuries or even death. Uh, these have been a huge thing that the CPSC, Consumer Product Safety Commission, has emphasized uh, in doing recalls on these. Timu uh, was selling one of these products. There was a recall, I believe it was back in December, um, on this item. So that was one. Another one was uh, baby crib bumpers that did not meet federal standards. They were suffocation risk. They were recalled. Generally, out of China, there are um, you know, some issues with the products that are sent through, especially through de minimis shipping, because they're not necessarily caught or inspected the way that they should be. So you get cosmetics with ingredients that you don't know what they are. You could get clothing with dyes or something that could be potentially toxic. Again, batteries that don't meet UL ratings that could cause a fire, toys that potentially have lead paint in them. There's all sorts of these dangers that should be caught if they're sh sent and inspected the correct way. But, you know, de minimis was never intended to be used on a uh, con consumer level for 
for um, you know uh, sending products that you purchase online like that. This was always supposed to be personal use. So it, it, you know there could be some reform coming in that. That could be something that's coming up um, and has been examined a little bit. But right now, again, working within the law. Pritch, you're a parent, and I feel like these stories you do are so interesting because there's things I wouldn't think about, but they're probably things that hit really close to home, and it's so important that you're shedding a light on this. So thank you for all of your work with this story and a lot of your stories. So this issue, this way that they ship, it isn't illegal, as you've noted. It's just kind of a loophole. Yep. Um, so how exactly does that get closed, and is there any discussion on fixing it? So there has been discussion. Legislation, two bills were introduced over the summer last year, um, and they're very similar. But basically, it would change the way that the minimum shipping works to uh, kind of close this loophole. Because again, as we've mentioned a couple of times, Timu is operating within the law. Um, but it, a couple of the bills are in the works, are being discussed. No action has been taken on them yet, but there is a possibility there. Um you know, Timu says that they support any kind of legislation and policy change that that benefits consumers. They say that they don't rely on de minimis shipping as their business model. Um, so, you know, they they at least on paper say that they're willing and open to any kind of change. It just hasn't quite happened yet. Um, and as you sort of commented on this earlier, the company responds to a lot of comments they get. Um, like on the BBB and to artists, and they actually responded to you. I think so many times we reach out to big corporations and the end of our story is like, we reached out, but we didn't hear back. But they actually got back to you for this story. So what exactly did they say? They did share, uh, you know, a couple of different thoughts on a couple of different things. Um, You know, like we mentioned, they said that they're not reliant on de minimis. They are open to that policy change. Um, they noted a couple other things specifically on that, and we're going to post their full statement in the article on WRL.com. Um, you know, they went through and kind of broke down what they're doing for artists and, and other designers as far as protecting their um, intellectual property and information um, and just kind of how they have tried to improve on addressing some of the complaints that people have sent to them over the last year. Um, you know, they also noted security in some of the reports about their apps and how they track and things like that. Now, that's a little bit of a, a, a bigger thing that there have been multiple reports on that there are concerns about the way that the app tracks your information. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, they, they essentially deny that. They, they say that there really, you know, isn't, isn't a security risk there, but other experts have, have said otherwise. So we are posting that full statement, everything that they sent to us. Um, which was, it was a significant statement back uh, that'll be in the article on WRL.com. A lot of information in this story. Like I said, this app in this store, I feel like just came out of nowhere. So it's important for consumers to know exactly what they're getting into, where they shop and when they are shopping. Thank you so much, Pritch, for joining us. And thank you for listening to the WRAL Daily Download. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find other podcasts on WRAL.com. Just search podcast. From sports to true crime, there are plenty of shows to keep you informed and entertained. Thanks for listening. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. 
What's the JAG advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996, with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.